Bears are living. Barkhead Bears are dying. So can you. Zed's dead, baby. This was Zed's my dead. way. My way. Something really bad. I have to go home. Yeah, you may be a superhero, buddy, but you're not invincible. You are home. Will I be lying to you for a week? I was trying to be romantic. Come to the coast. We get together. Have a few laughs. We will not go quietly into the night. They may take our lives. I'm Mitch. I'm Stephanie. And we're the Film Film Underdogs. Underdogs. Welcome back to the Film Underdogs. Since our last podcast, Stephanie and I have done the 48-hour film project. We're going to go into some detail on that. Uh, We did that over this last weekend and pretty much got almost no sleep for the entire weekend while we were shooting. So we'll go into detail on the movie that we made. Well, I'm still pretty tired from this weekend, but I did have a full night's sleep. Definitely did not have much sleep this weekend, like an hour, two hours here and there. Woo! Yeah, it was pretty intense on the sleep schedule. Find a spot on the couch and try and catch some sleep when you can. The 48-hour film project is a national contest where filmmakers make a four to seven minute short film. The catch is you don't get to know what the film's going to be about, the genre, anything like that, until Friday night at seven o'clock. Seven o'clock, you get the information about what the film's going to be about, a prop that needs to be used in the movie, a line, and a character and the character's occupation. And then at that point, you can go ahead and start doing your writing and start shooting it. So let's uh, talk first about that. One question, though. Wouldn't it be the character's description? It wasn't really their occupation. Well, in this particular case, yeah, it wasn't an occupation so much as something that happened to the character. So... At about 5.30, we showed up at Derek Wallace's house. He's the director of the movie. We show up to his house, and he's already gone to the uh, headquarters to get our genre and everything like that. Stephanie and I waited with Kayla and waited to get the text saying, okay, this is what the movie's about, this is what the genre is, that kind of stuff. Yeah, she was really cool. She had her puppy, Keely, like a husky mixed with... Wolf and, uh, I don't know, Malamute. There were a lot of things in that dog. She was a pretty young puppy, though. About 11 weeks is what she was. So she's not very old at all, still being potty trained and all of that kind of stuff, which was (laughs) a theme throughout the weekend. (laughs) About 7 o'clock, we get the information that our character's name, we get the genre, and that is a dark comedy. Okay, we can work with that pretty well. Yeah, I was really excited because that's definitely my favorite genre to work on, you know. So the character's name had to be either Cal or Kathy Coltrane, and their description was that they were somehow affected by the legalization of marijuana in Portland. And then we had a prop of a bicycle part, or a bicycle, but... We couldn't decipher which one, but luckily we had both. The line that we had was, we do not have time for this. Oh, and apparently I did not realize until a couple hours after we were done with everything and went home, the genre was different for everyone. That was the only difference. And each team 
had the same character prop and line definitely makes it more of a challenge. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see if our uh, film crosses over with anyone else. Even though the genre is different, it'll be interesting to see how everyone handled the information on the uh, film. Um, shortly after 7, I'd say it was closer to 8, everyone started getting back to Derek's house. That was basically our ground zero for everything that happened. We all met up there and then uh, dispersed as we needed to to go get each particular thing shot and done. So everyone came over Friday night to start writing the film. So the first thing we were doing was kind of spitballing ideas to see what was going to stick for a dark comedy with each of those items involved in it. There were some pretty <laughs> wild ideas that came down. Pretty lame ones, some pretty good ones. Yeah, I mean, I shot some stuff out. Definitely, I, I was really looking forward to the pink bunny suit. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to uh, actually take part, get out there in the green dragon costume, but uh, Derek was too worried about the heat to let anyone go out and do it. Oh, right. It was supposed to be, what, 100 that day? Definitely was. So, 100 degrees, he didn't feel it would be a good idea for people to be out in that wearing a green dragon costume or a pink bunny costume. Kind of a spoil sport, you know. No heat stroke or anything <laughs> like that. But really, the temperature doesn't bother me as much. I've gone out in my white rabbit costume on days that are just that hot, but I really do appreciate the fact he didn't want to put people into a bad situation that could potentially get someone hurt. So that was a good thing. So some of the ideas that got kind of bounced around were character that needed to be affected by the legalization of marijuana, be a street dealer who is basically run out by the legalization so everyone's going to a dispensary. So he finally goes in and goes to the dispensary to try and get a job. Only comedy ensues because he can't get a job at the dispensary because he has to be able to pass the drug test, which he cannot do. But everyone kind of shot that one down, thought it was a little bit too out there, but hey, whatever. Um, what ideas did you kick out? Do you remember any in particular? Uh, I know they wrote down uh, something about parents uh, getting into like edibles. Not knowing they were edibles, thinking it was just some treats and them going haywire and not knowing what's going on and their kid showing up saying, oh, you got into my edibles, but I didn't, I was pretty blanked out. I was just kind of like, just enjoying, like observing and trying to come up with stuff, but it was just cool to hear all the ideas. Yeah, people were kicking things around pretty steady. So it was kind of, at times it was hard to get your idea out there. But one of the things that, um, uh, one of the things that Derek wanted to work into it was having a character who, within the film, he's told lies to so many people, and this is the 
one day where everything comes back to bite him. And so everything starts to unravel, unravel, unravel. It just keeps getting worse until there's a dead body on the ground at the end that he's lied about and howsomever. One of the lines that a couple people threw out was, man, that escalated quickly, which ended up being one of the lines in the film at the end. That was the one line that pretty much stuck through the whole thing. And I was one of the people that came up with it. I think it was Corey had also said it at pretty much the same exact time. So it was interesting to uh, know that we had a couple people on the same page on that one. And then, of course, uh, what, the explosive diarrhea? I mean, that was like one that they threw out there that was like tainted pot causing, yeah, explosive diarrhea. Um, at one point, we wanted someone to be um, beat down with a bag of marijuana. Yep. Um, that was a unique choice there. And um, Ari was, like, <laughs> bringing that up. She's like, I just can't stop picturing that in my head and smiling at it every time. Yeah, so it was a fun uh, few hours where we were all just sitting around and shouting out whatever came to mind and... Just trying to work in, okay, well, in that situation, how do we get him on a bicycle? And at one point, when someone had mentioned the bunny suits, what I wanted to see in the movie more than anything was someone hiding in a bunny suit behind a bush and just having the ears stick up out from behind the bush because this person is thinking that they're totally hidden behind the bush. But that was one that didn't get used in the film, unfortunately. But yeah, we pretty much narrowed it down, or, you know, Derek was able to narrow it down and put, like, two concepts out there. We picked one that seemed to work the best. Yeah, and then the end product actually had a lot of different ideas that we were able to piece together that we had all come up with. Except for the pink bunny suit, unfortunately. <laughs> you know, we all wanted that, but dang weather just didn't... Uh, didn't cooperate with us over the weekend. It was nice and bright and sunny, so no bunny suit for us. I thought I'd go down a list of the people involved in the team. Of course, at the very top, Derek Willis. He was the director, did editing, writing, producing. Uh, pretty much he had his hand in almost everything involved in it. We had West Ramsey as an actor. Dana Shea is an actress. Myra Wicks was also an actress. Tojo Andriana Rivo and Nate Sullivan as the directors of photography. They also assisted with writing. I think on this, pretty much everyone helped with the writing to some extent, especially in the beginning process of it when we were all trying to come up with ideas. And then we had Casey Murphy and Corey Van Name both doing writing, and Corey also did the sound. Then Ari Wanless was also helping out with the writing and was basically an assistant producer. She did a little bit of everything, whatever needed to be done, she was involved in. Kayla J was the hair and beauty makeup person for the job. She was doing a very good job and also helped out some with the special effects makeup when there was a couple things I needed help on. 
And then, of course, Mitch McDonald, that's me. I did the special effects makeup and pretty much helped with anything that needed to be done, but it was mainly just the makeup. Me, Stephanie Crawford. I did, you know, assistant editing work, did, like, logging and some editing. Yay. She's actually being a little modest on that. She did a lot of work as far as the sound editing, trying to get everything ready, getting all the stuff logged into the proper places so that whenever it came down to time to put the whole thing together, it was a relatively simple process to find each of the clips so that Derek would have an easier time doing it. Stephanie and I pretty much found a spot on the couch after a few hours of uh, helping with the ideas and getting some key points down for the overall script. Did you see the picture they posted with us sleeping? There's a picture up on the team's Facebook page of the writers doing their thing at the table, and Stephanie is on one side of the couch, I'm on the other side of the couch, and we're both just out. So we decided to... Call it a night at a certain point and let them go ahead and do their thing once everyone was pretty much just looking at their computer anyway and they were all working on script stuff. Yeah, I probably got like one to two hours of sleep though just because of how hot it was and being in a totally different place, you know. It was hot and the house we were in, no air conditioning. You've got to suffer for the art. Suffer we did, but that's all right. It was a uh, very enjoyable weekend. Even with the heat, we had a good time. And then, wasn't it a 6 a.m. call time? Yeah, I think we got up at like 5 Yeah. and started getting ready, and then it was a 6 a.m. call time. And once Dana arrived, we went ahead and started working on her makeup pretty much straight away. What I needed to do is Dana was unfortunately involved in a bicycle accident in the movie, so I got to do some pretty serious bruise makeup on her face and one of her arms. It was really good. I saw it all put on her, and whoa, it was so awesome. Yeah, everyone was really happy with it. Of course, being the artist behind it, you know, I was looking at it thinking, well, I could have done that better, I could have changed that, could have done this, but... For being relatively new at wound makeup and bruising makeup, I thought it came out pretty well overall, and everyone seemed to be pretty happy with it. It ended up looking pretty good on film, too, so that's the important part. I'm always a little too critical of my own work. I can always look at it and just see the flaws, and everyone else is going, that looks really good. But even where I stepped back from it, uh, I was... Looking at it going, wow, you've had a bad day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like anyone, I've definitely pointed out my flaws too, to myself at least. But I think that's something that everyone does is when you're that close to a piece of work, a piece of art, you always pick up on the things that could have been just a little bit better. But the key is to accept it for what it is, get it as good as possible, and then move forward with it. While Mitch was doing the makeup on Dana, I will say this. I have only used Final Cut Pro as far as film editing program, and Derek wanted me to use Premiere Pro, and I had not used that before. I was a little bit nervous to use that, and Derek just showed me different shortcuts and just a general idea on how to use it, and 
after he showed me. It was pretty much ask a couple more questions, and then boom, took off from there. And and then I imported some shots for the last scene, for scene eight. We were also waiting for West Ramsey to arrive. He had worked all night and then had to be at a 6 a.m. show-up time. We'd also lost an actress the day before. We were down an actress at the last moment, and Dana Shea happened to be available and jumped in to help out. And she actually became pretty much the main character out of the out of the film. So we really needed her, and we got really lucky to have her on board, especially at the last moment like it was. She happened to be on Facebook at 2 in the morning, and they got a hold of her and said, Hey, we need you at 6, and she was there right on time. Basically showed up right when I woke up. <laughs> Yeah, it was uh, pretty incredible to get her right at the last moment like that. We got the makeup done. It ended up looking pretty good. Did a bruise on the arm. Made it look like it had been scraped up pretty good. And then at that point, we were waiting on West. He arrives, and we were waiting on Keys at that point. We had our location. However, the flaw was no one was showing up with the key to the location so we could actually get in. We waited for quite a bit. Finally, about 11 o'clock, someone showed up, gave us the keys, and we did the paperwork and headed out the door. At this point, I knew that I had everything I needed for the bruise makeup. However, there was one scene that I actually needed free-flowing blood for. It was going to be going everywhere, and so I had to run to the store, and knowing the area, I had one store in mind said, all right, well, I'll meet you guys over at the location, just uh, get going on it, and I'll uh, be there as quick as I can. Well, the flaw to that situation was I get to the store, and it's closed. Not that it's closed for the day, but it's been closed down, and it's torn out. store no longer exists, so at this point, I have to think on my feet of where I'm at. I ended up over at Walmart to get the stuff, which I was trying to avoid because they have kind of long lines on Saturdays, you know. So I wanted to avoid that if possible, but ended up finding the stuff at Walmart that I needed, which one particular person probably thought I was about half nuts because I needed a red fluid. So I ran down the juice aisle, grabbed a bottle of apple cranberry juice, and held it up to the light, examined it for a minute, Threw it in the cart and then ran off. <laughs> and he was just watching this whole thing, and I would love to know what was going through his head as to what this was all about. Some of the things I do just to entertain myself. I could have done it much easier, but it was entertaining to make him wonder about me. So, I get all the stuff for the blood. I ended up uh, grabbing some cranberry juice, powdered cocoa, caro syrup. I also grabbed a bottle of chocolate syrup. At this point, I had no idea how I was going to make it work, but I was going to try and thicken up the fluid enough to at least make it look a little more like blood, but hopefully not take it to a point where it was too brown. So I'm just thinking on my feet at this point and trying to run out the door with the stuff I have. So, of course, you know, typical long lines and everything, and I'm feeling rushed the whole time. So every red light and... The city of Portland decided that I needed to stop. A couple of them stopped me a few times, but eventually I make it over to the filming location that was inside of a building over just off of Murray. So we get inside, 
I start mixing up the uh, blood, and the blood, of course, is too brown, and then it's too pink. Never quite thickens up right, but, you know, ran with it, got it the best consistency I could, the best color. We're using disposable ketchup and mustard bottles to do the spray effect, and so I got that all ready and started the makeup work on West. Because he had a couple scenes that required makeup. So we got him shot, and then we started working on the really bloody scene, which I was extremely glad that we had thought to bring some black plastic for the ground, because that would have been a huge mess. Plastic sheeting is always a good idea. Take a lesson from Dexter. Always keep some handy. That was a very Dexter-esque moment when... I'm sitting there spraying blood all over the place, and I'm standing on plastic sheeting, and it was just one of those experiences in life that just doesn't happen often enough, you know. So, you know, they pretty much left at 11 a.m. Before they left to go film on location, Derek said, you should come with us to import the, the shots, you know, right, you know, right after they're filmed. And then start editing on location. And so I asked him before he left, like, oh, do you want me to come with you? Or do you want me to stay? And he said, well, it's up to you. Uh, I just decided to stay thinking, oh, maybe they'll be gone for like four hours. I don't know. I didn't really. I was pretty much at that point, you know, sleep deprived, getting over a cold and really hot. So I wasn't really thinking straight. So I decided to stay. And plus there was the puppy. Someone needed to watch the puppy. And Leroy, the other dog. Leroy's a pug, by the way. What? He's a French bulldog, dude. Wow, I was thinking he was a pug. But anyways. Yeah. I took care of the puppies, and I stayed back to edit, you know, scene eight, the last scene, and then there was, like, part of scene four, it was really short, just a couple shots. For scene eight, there, I don't know how many shots, there was a lot of shots there to go through. So Derek wanted me to do rough cuts for editing. What's rough cuts? To just basically put it in a sequence, you know, some kind of order. Oh. You know, not really fine-tuning it, just kind of putting it there in an order. Okay. You know, I carefully edited the last scene, and I switched audio around to make it work because the other camera was pretty low. Just got creative and... Luckily, Derek kept what I did for the last scene, and I was excited about that because I did work pretty hard on it. Well, it's always nice when your stuff actually makes it on... Final cut. <laughs> onto the final cut. Yeah. Especially with never having done it before. That's a compliment right there. It's saying that you did something that is workable. That's pretty much my day. I mean, I, of course, I had tons of downtime and tried to sleep, and that was pretty hard, but probably got another hour in there. Well, and you got to deal with the puppies, too, but, you know, it is what it is. (laughs) So, we did quite a bit of shooting over at the office building. Getting the majority of it shot that day was fun to watch. This was probably only the second time I had been on an actual set. And so, to actually be there and a part of it and watching what's happening and have even a little bit of ability to make suggestions... That actually was a very positive experience for me. Uh, Anytime I asked anyone a question about this or that, they were always willing to explain it. No one got frustrated 
it was a positive experience just beginning to end for me in the whole process. So I was very excited about that. We ended up with an extremely good crew who was very understanding of relatively new people wanting to get a start. Yeah, there definitely was, for me, not one single moment of negativity in this entire project. And then I will say this, Derek was awesome. He was very patient with me with being such a novice to all of this that I didn't know Premiere at all. And he was there to help, you know, if I had any questions. And he never got frustrated with me. He was never impatient. He was very awesome. I didn't experience any negativity from anyone, even when I needed assistance on stuff. There was always someone there to jump in, do what you needed done, and it was a very community feel to the whole project. And that was a nice thing going into it for the first time, because we were both kind of scared and nervous, even though we know our particular area, when it's being put to the test and you do it now, you know, well, sometimes that kind of pressure can get to people and there will be a negative situation, but that really never came up the whole weekend. So that was very positive. So at the end of the office shoot, we all jumped in, headed back towards Derek and brought more stuff for Stephanie to edit and put together. And Yeah, I pretty much imported all that they had and started to log all the shots and just, you know, only started and then took a break for some food. Yeah, once in a while you got to stop and eat. That's a good thing. Yeah, didn't really eat a whole lot that day, so definitely needed some food. And once we came back, I continued to log all the shots, and I was so grateful that Derek used the slates for each shot. So I knew, first of all, you know, which scene it was and which take, so it made the logging so much more simpler for me. And it's my first time doing a film with an actual film slate, so it was really cool. Yeah, that's something we're going to get before we start. It'll make it a lot easier. Yeah, and I know I showed when you guys were gone, Dana came back and she thought like, oh, I need to rush and take a shower and beat everyone to Derek's place before they get there. Well, she definitely did because I think it was like two or three hours after you guys got back. So. Oh, she went quick then and showered. Yeah. <laughs> more, she left, uh, when she left the office, she was covered in fake blood and cranberry juice which we found something out just in case you guys ever wonder don't put cranberry juice in your eyes oh, it's God. just a good safety tip yeah i did see that when i was editing i was like oh no it got in her eyes so poor thing but she kept at it it looked like yeah she was all the actors and actresses were uh troopers on it no one gave in and started to complain or get sick of it whatever Poor Wes got smacked upside the head probably a good seven or eight times. I felt bad for him. But he just looked incredulous about it and went on with the line and called it good. He never once complained about any of the situation. Again, it was just a positive experience to see that. And you don't see the meltdown kind of stuff that you hear about whenever you hear about films. I have a feeling it's because it was such a quick process. We didn't have time to melt down. (laughs) Yeah, no one really had time to do anything except do your job, catch a couple hours sleep, get up to do your job again. That was it. Yep. I guess I was saying Dana came back and eventually I was like, hey, you want to see at least the scene eight, the last scene that I did? And she watched it. She said, wow, that was a really good job and better than 
I can do kind of thing. And I was like, well, that's cool. First person to see it. They liked it. But yeah, I know that was kind of backtracking. So back to Saturday night. I got to log everything and then started working on editing scene one and then scene two. I was glad that Derek also agreed on the take that I picked for one of the parts in scene two. And just for some production value that was in there, I was happy about. And then I think it was 2 a.m. and Derek said he would take over. Well, I was ready to pass out, so I said, hey, dude, take over, please. Yeah, and, at that uh, <laughs> point, I'd probably already been laying down for like an hour, oh hour and a half, something like that. <laughs> yeah, basically, I got to shower, because it was really gross and warm and stuff. So, yeah, you shower, and then you got to sleep for three hours, and came back down, and Derek was done. I was like, oh, wow, okay, and... He had everything in rough cut, and but like he said, I made it more simple for him by logging everything where he knew what to pick and everything. Yeah, basically took everything, put it into individual folders, so that if you wanted from scene one, you just look in scene one's folder, you go, okay, well, this is the one I like, this is the one I like, move on to scene two, do the same thing. And so it did create a very simple way of going through afterwards and finding the stuff that you want to find without having to search through just a whole line of scenes and trying to separate it out that way. Yeah, logging is a really tedious part of editing. I mean, editing itself, you know, with the clips on the timeline is tedious, but oh my god, especially with sleep deprivation. Like, Mitch was there kind of helping me, and I was like, this one goes to this scene. Oh, drag it down. But I did it, and it worked out. So, Sunday morning, I woke up to Derek sitting at the computer, just typing away, doing his thing, and Stephanie came down maybe half an hour after that, something like that. It wasn't too long, and she took over for Derek. Yeah, I was doing, like, he wanted me to do sound editing, which I have not really done before too much of, especially Premiere, zero experience with that. But he uh, he told me what I needed to do and went over it with me. I got the gist of it. Did my thing, and pretty much audio correction was what I did, and just placing it on each individual audio clip. And he said, oh, oh, you know, I could try color correction, but didn't get to that point. Yeah, it was all getting pretty down to the wire on time. Especially when you get to Sunday and everything needs to be done by 7 p.m., it makes it for a very rushed schedule. Derek had even said that the work she had done on logging and getting everything separated out saved him a huge amount of time at the end of the day. He wasn't rushed at all on getting everything done that he wanted to get done. So that was a really big compliment on the quality of what she was doing. So basically they shot some scenes they needed to do at the last minute and just I imported them, logged them, and then Derek took it from there for the the rest of the editing went into his zone upstairs and to his editing room that has some soundproofing in there. That was pretty cool. And he, uh, he basically locked himself away and <laughs> did his thing. Yeah. Now like they're saying he's like a dog, like they, cause he'll just be sucked into it and not be aware of anything of his surroundings. You know, they're like, does he have any water? <laughs> yeah. They ended up making sure took more water up to him and stuff so they could uh, be up there without air conditioning and still uh, do what he needed to do. They were really trying to take care of him. 
the scenes that we had to shoot that morning, though, were we needed a bicycle accident. So we went to a neighboring street and Derek got out his roller skates and skated along filming Dana on a bicycle. And we staged a uh, accident, which was a lot of fun. And when it was all clipped together, it actually looks pretty good. It leads you into it, and then you go, oh, wow, that must have hurt. She did a pretty good job screaming about it, too. It was also interesting the whole time to see stuff shot so far out of order, and then see it all come together at the end of it. Um, The last scene, I think, was the first scene to be shot. It was that kind of thing through the whole movie. So it was very interesting to watch that process and um, see them use the locations we could easily get to first. That kind of thing. So it was very educational on that and interesting to see how staging and editing of an area can make it look totally different than what it looks like in the real world. Uh, So we went out and we did the bicycle accident and being a flagger by trade, traffic control kind of thing, um, I was very concerned about being out on the road, live traffic, that kind of thing. So I was keeping a good watch on them and making sure that everything was safe. And that was uh, interesting to see how he pieced together that whole scene afterwards. Because I saw how it was shot and then I saw the final and they were different. So it was very fun to watch. One of the other fun things that um, happened was we needed sounds for a certain part of it. So Corey... Uh, who is the sound guy, went out to do some foley. In other words, he was going to make the sounds that we needed for individual scenes. At one point, he was recording someone riding the bicycle in circles because they wanted the tires on pavement kind of sound. And then one of the fun scenes that I got to go out and kind of help with, uh, Aria and I were out there while he was recording the sound, and we were dropping the bicycle on its side and picked it up and dropped it. We were trying to get the bell on it to ring. You know, we finally got that to happen, so we were all excited about the uh, dropping and dinging sound. Uh, we are so easily entertained. <laughs> okay, so after quite a bit of downtime, um, after we get all the and stuff done, Derek finally comes down and says, you know, okay, I've got the uh, final cut ready. He had basically, it was done except for the sound and music. He may have ended up changing something on there, but he was saying that's pretty much what it was going to look like. I think he also wanted to add a little bit of uh, color correction, stuff like that, but it was pretty much what it was going to look like at the end. Ari, Stephanie, and I went up to have a look at it, see what we had created within that 48-hour window. Yeah, I think it was like 2 o'clock we were able to go up and watch it, so we were pretty excited that we uh, could see it before it actually um, went out the door. What did you think of it when you saw it? Did you like the cut on it? or? Oh, yeah, I liked it. There was the first scene. I was glad there was that close-up. I was hoping for that. I was, of course, as I said before, really appreciative that he kept the last scene of what I cut for scene eight had like a little intro and outro for it yeah I was the so main happy. part of the scene was what you did yeah the main part yeah. yeah so I was so glad he kept in what I did and when you were watching it uh Derek was saying like oh you know he likes what I did with manipulating the sound um the way I did and just some of the the cuts I did so that was cool yay 
he was very big on making sure we knew that he appreciated what we did and he was big on making sure that we understood that he was happy with the way we had done things, you know. So that made us feel really good. I was going to say that it really, def- you know, it definitely meant something that, you know, actual strangers seeing my work and saying that I did a good job. And especially, you know, Derek with his background and him being, you know, with editing as one of his traits, saying that I did a good job was... That's a compliment. Yeah, a big compliment. So I watched it. I thought it was really good. I had uh, one or two things that I had suggested at the end of it, but it was stuff that was uh, sound-based. So he was saying that they were already in the process of fixing that. It was just coming up after we took off. So at that point, Stephanie and I had decided to go ahead and take off, and I was talking to Derek before I left, and I said, you know, if there's anything coming up that you uh, need someone for, you know, hey, give me a call. And he expressed that he would like to work with me in the future on a project he had in mind. Gave me an idea of what it was, and has a pretty intense uh, makeup scene that needs to be done, and we're going to end up uh, working together on that at some point and uh, seeing where it goes. I made quite a few connections over the uh, weekend with a number of people who were all, again, happy with both of our work, and so they want to work with us in the future. So that's a very positive thing for a first time out. I mean, that made both of us feel really good. Yeah, yeah. Or I'm just hoping, you know, for me, it's it's a little bit different because I'm still working at it and fine-tuning my editing skills. You know, if when people see my name on there, hopefully they'll take me into consideration a little bit. But definitely doing this gave me more drive to just start editing and start filming anything and just practice and get a hold of Premiere and Final Cut Pro and just keep at it. It just definitely gave me that motivation. It made me look at work that I'm doing. I can see areas where I need to improve, and I can also see that there are times when I need to just kind of calm down and not be quite so nitpicky on the makeup work that I do, because everyone was pretty happy with it overall. I think the only person who was upset with anything on it was me. Okay, uh, we went quite a bit longer talking about the 48-hour film project than what we had originally scheduled for. So we're going to um, put off talking about Frank until another podcast. Uh, We will be uh, talking about it at one point. Uh, It was a good movie. We just uh, are trying to keep our podcast to a 30 to 40 minute time frame. We're going to go ahead and close off just talking about the 48-hour film project rather than go into our film review this time the next one we both decided that we want to watch the movie they live as our next movie and a big part of that is that rowdy roddy piper passed away just this weekend and so we want to watch that movie it's a good old movie a lot of people like it a lot of people think it's absolutely horrible but it's a cult classic Um, We're going to go ahead and watch that and talk about it on the next episode. So we will talk about Frank, it just won't be on the next episode. If you want to watch a movie, uh, check out the movie They Live with Rowdy Roddy Piper, and we will be reviewing that one. Okay, listeners, so you can follow us on Twitter, at Film Underdogs. 
or go on our Facebook page, Film Underdogs. Also, if you'd like to send us a message, you can contact us at filmunderdogs at gmail.com. Uh, we'd love to hear from our listeners. If you have any feedback, suggestions, comments for the press, just go ahead and shoot us a message. So until next time, always follow your dreams. And stay inspired. New strain day, new strain day. Uh, he's a tall Caucasian male, doesn't appear armed, wearing sunglasses.